I felt like three weeks ago, uh, just an incredible scripture was just uh, kind of highlighted prophetically to me, and I gave it to you last week, and it's the one in um, Hebrews 11. It's Hebrews 11:27. It says, "By faith Moses forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible." And I hope that you've been kind of feasting on this last this last week, and I hope you'll start feasting on it again. It is powerful. It is powerful when you understand about seeing God who is invisible and living by faith. It's such an incredible thing that we are called to live by faith. And when you think of what Moses endured, again, remember he's leaving Egypt. He just killed those two Egyptians that were uh, attacking the Israelites. And now he's leaving, he's fleeing for his life because Pharaoh declared that he should be killed. But he left, it says, according to this verse, not afraid of what the king said, but he fled because he was led by the Spirit into this next 40 years of his life. He was 80 years old when he saw that burning bush experience. But it's talking about enduring enduring life. And I really know all of us have something that we are having to endure. There is something that's happening to our life, something that happens in our life, things that happen to us. There are tragedies, deaths, setbacks, financial things. People get divorced. There's separation from relationships. There's, you name it, we all could get, if I gave the, pass the mic around, every one of you could give something that's foremost on your mind that's been something that has come to try to devastate you. You are to go by faith like Moses. You are to endure as seeing him who is invisible. You are going to be successful in the kingdom of God. You're going to be successful in your relationship with God, and your faith is going to soar because you're enduring him who you see, who is invisible. And I think about darkness. The other day, they, uh, Dory told me to get the mic stand for Wednesday for our potluck for someone to use. And I had the lights out in here, so I was walking with the mic, and I ran into the wall with it. How many have got up in the middle of the night, even though there's dim light, but you can't see, and you crash into something? I tell you, there's darkness all around us. There is darkness that tries to come against your face so that you don't see him who is invisible. We worship a God who is, cannot be seen because he's everywhere. And because he's everywhere, he's inside of us. He comes and takes up residence inside of us. But it's a God who is going to walk through us in all of life, in all of life's journey. Uh, Jesus said in um, John 16:33, In this world, you are going to have troubles. Troubles are going to be at your door. Troubles are going to be chasing you down. But be of good courage. Because he has overcome the world. And again, the overcoming one is living inside of us. So what is the scripture you're going to feast on this week? If you don't get anything else out of what I say today, what is the scripture you're going to feast on this week? Hebrews 11, 27. What does that scripture say? By faith, Moses forsook Egypt not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. You can just shorten it. By faith, Moses endured as seeing him who is, is invisible. And again, that, that's that place where you have to rise up above everything that's coming against you. We all have different things. Sometimes it's things in our personality that comes against us. For me, 
dealing with social anxiety, doing, dealing with such strong feelings that oftentimes are negative. In fact, Sunday is my most negative feelings I have to deal with before I get up. We all have something, but it is our faith that causes us to rise above and live by faith and to live by the confidence that Jesus is in us, that he's given us the power of the Holy Spirit to overcome. And it is the Holy Spirit is the one that's strengthening our faith in him. Keep praying for revival also. This is from Bill Johnson's book, uh, Defining Moments. And the subject or the part of this was mass conversions and major social change. Don't we need major social change? As Christians, we see compromise every day that to be politically correct, they're asking us to compromise in our faith and to kind of water down what the Bible says. We cannot water down. We have to stand on the word of God and we have to believe that revival is going to come and social change is going to come, not because we're telling people the right thing, but because the Holy Spirit is convicting them of the right thing, and they're repenting and changing their lifestyle. The Welsh Revival came in 1904 through 1905. It was a remarkable, unique outpouring of the Holy Spirit, marked by rapid mass conversions and significant social change. In only a few months, a spiritual awakening sparked city transformation, major social change, and awakening, major social change, and Holy Spirit fires that spread to or were in or a forerunner to other great moves of God. Meetings were song, testimony, and prayer occurred spontaneously as congregants followed the leading of the Holy Spirit, characterized by this revival. As large numbers of people yielded to the lordship and direction of the Holy Spirit, a whole country was turned upside down. The church has been sleeping, but she is awake and putting on her armor now and marching triumphantly. But do not make a mistake. God cannot do a great work through you without doing a great work in you first. Blessed are those who are broken, for theirs is the kingdom of God. We resist any kind of pain and brokenness in our society. But there are times where God uses brokenness, and if we'll let it have its full work, there comes an incredible freedom to our lives, especially in our spiritual life, by being broken. And we go through different situations and relationship things that break us, but it is those things that God comes then, and he puts us back together with a deep humility, but also with a great faith and a great release in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Have you ever heard the expression, uh, Huh? Or it's just one of those things that make you go, hmm. Ever heard that term, that, that phrase? I don't know if it's an old phrase. Where something so weird or so uh, strange, and you just go, hmm. Things that make you go, hmm. The definition of that is disbelief or surprise or amusement used to express scorn or anger. That expression where we are just just befuddled, just out of our mind in being able to understand, understand or our emotions are just not in that place because something so strange has happened. That is what's going on constantly in life. That is what's coming against our faith each and every day of our life. Those things that cause us to step back and just feel like, almost like uh, just put in neutral. That's why we need to use our faith in a living God. We need to use and apply our faith 
in every aspect of our life. And also, it's time to also each day to say, you know, I'm going to forget those things that are behind me. I'm going to forget those little things that start drawing away my thoughts and attention that are negative or self-doubt or things that disqualify your spirituality or your spiritual gifts to just put them in the back burner because we live a life of faith and faith is current and we walk in the righteousness of God through our faith in Jesus Christ. It's faith in what he did to our sins 2,000 years ago and it's faith that lets us live now in a fresh reality and a fresh attitude and a fresh confidence in God and a fresh uh, spiritual excitement about what God's going to do. And if there's been prayers that haven't been answered, you need to forget the past and forget all the little things that Satan will remind you that haven't happened yet because it messes with your faith now. It messes with you stepping out and declaring what God says is yours and believing that what he says is real and happening. And some of us need to begin to thank God for the promises he's given us like they're already done. To walk in faith like that helps us not be underneath the things that are going on. Kelly, God's going to give you the job he has for you, where it is for you, and you're going to be happy with it. But you're going to go into a whole new place of being overwhelmed because now you have all these responsibilities that you're going to walk out your teaching. But God is with you. You just keep walking by faith. He's led you on your path, and you're going to be successful, just like your friend here, Chelsea, is successful. My, I guess if you don't know it today, my message title is By Faith. The last two Sundays I had talked, last Sunday and the Sunday before the Sunday, last, when Dory spoke, I talked to you about, are you ready for a faith test? Are you prepared for a faith test? And don't let that scare you because God has put a faith in you from the moment you accepted Jesus Christ. He's deposited a faith in you, but it's going to get tested. All of life is going to get is going to test it. Satan's going to throw everything at you because he wants to derail your faith. He wants to discourage you in your faith, and he wants you to be independent and isolated. But your faith test can be overcome because of the faith that's in you, because of being together, being in a body. And if you're uh, out from out of town, get in a body, get rooted, get strong, be an encourager, be encouraged by other people, and let your faith take you to a whole nother level. I love the stories in the Bible because it shows characters over a long period of time, and faith was developed in the dark room. It was developed in hardship and trials and in the deserts and in every opposing thing that can happen. And I want all of us to grow to the maximum in our faith in Jesus Christ and who he is and what he's going to do for us. So the first scripture is Hebrews 11.3. By faith, we understand... Sorry, wrong message. By faith, I want to give the definition. You ever just sometimes find words and there's such power behind words? If you start reading Hebrews 11, he uses, the writer, author uses by faith a lot of times. By some definitions of by, the simple word. You know that it's one meaning right next to you, but that's not the one we're after. And the way that the author is using faith, it's to this. By is to the extent of faith, Moses forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king. The next definition of by is according to faith, Moses forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king. And my favorite definition is this next one. By or through the agency of or action of faith, Moses went. So by faith, there's an agency, there's an action that comes into our faith that puts our faith in this place where it is incredibly working really hard for us. 
By faith, you are going to live your life. By faith, you're going to start using more of your spiritual gifts. By faith, you're going to have greater excitement and joy. By faith, you're going to take on the anointing of God in a greater way. By faith, you're going to pray in in faith more. By faith, you're going to give yourself more into the Word of God, realizing that the Word of God is the power of God to change you. The Word of God is what reinforces your spiritual life and what God is going to be doing in your life, and it's going to help you appropriate the promises that are for you. By faith, you're going to endure the conflicts and the opposition to your promises, knowing that God is a God of this word and he's going to make it happen. And by faith, you're going to keep adjusting the mindsets you have. And when you're assaulted to have doubt and unbelief or to do any kind of sin or to get in any kind of arguments, by faith, you're going to walk in love and you're going to grab hold of the tools that God has given you through that gift of faith that he's given you. And you're going to begin to stretch that faith. You're going to be asked, God, God, help me to use my faith in a greater way. Now, I'm not talking about some new thing or some old thing like um, the word of faith movement. No, I'm talking about a faith because you have a relationship with Jesus Christ. A faith that no matter what you go through that's going to try to discourage you and say, forget you, God. You're going to say, no, God, my eyes are on you. My eyes are you. My faith is in you. I may not like my circumstance right now. I may not like what's going on, but my faith is resting in you. My faith is in you that you're a good God, and it says you're a rewarder to, of those who diligently seek you. God is a rewarder. Those are positive things we have to remember when our faith comes under assault and attack. God is a rewarder. God is good. God is faithful. God does not have a changing nature. God is for me. He was for me when he sent Jesus Christ to the cross. He's for me today because he's given me the Holy Spirit since Pentecost, and I've been a recipient of the Holy Spirit. And if you're feeling a little dry, just begin to say, God, fill me again with the Holy Spirit. Fill me to overflowing. At the end of the service, in a couple minutes, you can come up and say, I just want a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I want to shake off all the things that have just tried to take my faith. I want to shake off the feelings and the emotions that the enemy has used to try to shake off and and bring my faith to nothing. So hopefully you're going to remember that by faith means that through the agency of or action of faith, it is the power behind faith, by faith. And that's why the author used it so many times in Hebrews. Again, my message title, by faith. By faith in Hebrews 11.3, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what is visible. I know that's contrary to a lot of textbooks right now, maybe what some of you have been taught, but the Bible says that God made this world by things that are not visible. God is so powerful that he spoke things into existence. God is so powerful that he formed dust out of the ground and our ancestors, Adam and Eve, were made from mud. That's how powerful God is. But it was by faith that these happened. The next thing I want to talk about it's the, sec- it's, the first, it's the second part of that verse in Hebrews 11.27 where it says, He, Moses, endured as seeing him who is invisible. And as we're tested in our faith, and as Christians were called to walk in faith, the word endure is what we all have to deal with. Because endure comes along with negative feelings, Thoughts from the enemy, thoughts from our own old nature saying, why don't you just give up? Don't even read your Bible today. Don't pray. Do you see anything happening? Enduring does not let those thoughts be entertained. Enduring means you keep believing against what your natural side is telling you, against what your feelings are telling you. Your faith is an enduring faith that God has given you. It's a powerful faith that's God given us. 
It's a faith that can endure. It's a faith that can stand up against opposition. A couple of definitions is to be strong, to be courageous, to endure. The Greek-English lexicon says to continue to persist in any undertaking or state to persevere. That means a priority in your life is your spiritual life. It's your identity in God. Sometimes we get focused on our relationships and our families and stuff, and they can segue us out of the primary thing. If we keep our focus on God and get from Him first, we're going to get for our relationships. If we're praying for those in our family that aren't saved or we're not having good interaction with them, if we're praying and connecting with God, He's going to give us love and the ability to pray for them. And so it helps our faith endure while we're waiting to see God do what we're praying for. What have you endured as a Christian? I know all of you have things that you have endured to be a Christian. Maybe some of you have been rejected by your family. God wants you to keep enduring. You are called to endure as seeing him who is invisible. I hope you're getting tired of hearing me say this. We endure as seeing him who is invisible. It's a faith in a God we can't see with our natural eye. How has faith helped you to see him who is invisible? Faith is God's power given to us to endure. In Hebrews 12, 2, the author says for us to endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as his children for what children are not disciplined by their father. This thing he's talking about, the discipline, it's not a corrective discipline, the hardship that we're enduring in our faith. But it's something that's shaping and holding our character to always believe when circumstances are opposing, when feelings are opposing, when things are not being ideal like we'd want, or we're praying because a lot of times we want our feelings to be adjusted, we want to have good feelings, we want to have good circumstances, we want everything to be in that perfect flow. Well, sometimes we can get that, but it doesn't last for long. But in the majority of times, and probably more times because the times we're in, it's going to be constant turmoil and troubles and trials and tribulation. So you have to find a different basis for your peace and security, not in circumstances, not in things being under your control, but believing and rising above those circumstances by your faith, by enduring what you're going through. Uh, I'd like to talk about for a minute um, face longevity. Longevity means the continuance, continuity, continuation, lasting power, durability, long duration of life. We as Christians have to have a faith that has longevity, that it takes us through our whole life. It's the one thing we need for our whole life process and to keep us... We've heard so many people just lately, big people who have been in big ministries, just deny their faith and walk away from family, walk away from God. We're living in this time where it says that even the elect will fall away. We've got to keep our basis in our relationship with Jesus Christ. No matter what things look like, no matter who goes south, our faith is in Jesus Christ, not in people. And yet God calls us to have a trusting relationship and work together and have a great unity, which we work in. But it is our faith in the long process. You have faith. God given every one of us a gift and measure of faith because we have a whole life journey that we have to get through. We have to maneuver through this life and then God's going to take us home. But our process 
And everything that's thrown at us is something that's developing us in an incredible way in our spiritual life, in our relationship with God. It's building a deeper relationship and a deeper trust with us, with God, by everything that we go through. Abraham, Abraham's enduring faith. In Hebrews 11.8, by faith through Abraham's agency or through the agency or action of faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. That word is, is really key. Again, it goes back to being in the word being a student of the word, letting the word get in your heart because it's going to cause you to be able to hear God in a greater way and be able to discern when the enemy is throwing you a different uh, angel of light message that's going to maybe send you out of the will of God. Being able to hear the word of God and let the word of God discern what you're hearing and identify false truth from real truth is going to keep you in that path. And the more you obey God, the more your faith gets stronger and the more your ability to hear and the more your ability to see him who is invisible is going to be happening in your life. The greater sharpness in your discernment and awareness of God. And there's going to be times where you hear just this little thing, but you're tuning your heart in such a way that you're hearing the still small whisper of the, whisper of the Lord, that you're aligning yourself, and you're going to look back and say, wow, if I hadn't just obeyed that little voice, what would I have gotten into? Or how did I just miss something? That's the thing that God is offering us in this incredible time of just building our faith in Him. It's interesting about when you read Abraham's story. It just kind of starts out in, uh, in Genesis 12. But from starting out and finding out that God is telling Abraham to go to a place that you know he didn't know, you wonder, how long did Abraham know God? What happened before 75 years of age? There must have been something ongoing in Abraham that God had revealed himself in such a way where he was already developing this faith, this lifelong faith that was going to be taking him all the way through his journey. It says that... Um, in Genesis 12:4, Abraham went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abraham was <clears throat> 75 years old when he set out for the land of Haran. Over this 25-year period of time, Abraham, Abram, before he, his name got changed to Abraham, Abram left from Ur of the Chaldees, and he went to Zoan. And this is a 1,500-mile journey. And we know he stopped at different places and he went through different tests and trials. In, in Egypt, he told a Pharaoh and them that uh, Sarah was his sister. And, and then it's like, because the, God was just so uh, on them, and even though he was afraid that they were going to kill him to get his wife, it seemed like God put a protective covering over them. It seems like people in Egypt were all barren and no one was having any kids because there was a fear of God put on those Egyptians that if they touched Sarah, there was going to be something coming down. And you just read the story of this journey that Abram had, and it was a faith journey. Uh, he was under different things that were very negative. He didn't have a secure place where he was going to. It says he dwelt in tents as one who was a stranger. And it's kind of reminding in us, sometimes we're looking for a secure place to hang on to. 
But we have to re- be reminded that we, are ne- we live in a tent. Our body is, is perishing and it's, it's temporal. But everywhere we go or everywhere we live, we live by faith. We have to be open for God to move us, to change us, to redirect us, because this is not our final home. Again, the way our natural person is, the way our emotions are, we want to have some kind of security. God is saying, if you will walk with me, you're going to have a journey that may not feel secure, but it's going to be an ongoing journey of excitement and purpose and faith in a real God. And that's what uh, we read about Abram. We really, really understand this lifelong journey he had was a powerful journey with so many different experiences. He was promised in Genesis 12, 3, that all people of the earth would be blessed through him. Again, that walk that each of you are having played out in your life, in your journaling, the nuggets that God gives you, the things that he speaks to you that you kind of put on the back burner and you watch to see how he's going to fulfill it, the things that redirect your life or to set you on this place where you feel like you're growing or you're, you're getting to know God in this deep way. In Genesis 12, 7, it says, The Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring I will give this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. Because of your faith, God is going to constantly show up at times, supernaturally, miraculously, and you're going to have these moments of God appearing to you. I don't know what that's going to look like, but your heart's going to recognize it. And they're going to be, again, those uh, bedrock foundational moments like in the Old Testament, when they had this uh, experience with God, they would set up a stone, a place to kind of remember that they had, they had experienced God. Well, there's something in your journal you could write, and you can know that you're experiencing God. And it's going to be a powerful thing. A lifelong journey from Haran, Canaan, to Shechem, to Terebith Tree, and Morah. Genesis 12, 8 through 9. From there he went on toward the hills east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. There he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. Then Abraham set out and continued toward the Negev. And there's going to be times because of faith being challenged where you had to set up an altar, where you just got to say, you know what, I got to break away and I just got to call on God. I was talking to Jack last week and he was telling me, I just was in my car the other day and I just was just crying out to God. I was just crying out to God. Things in our life, things on our faith journey are going to be options for us. Are we going to stop and call on the Lord? Or are we just going to let feelings and things, circumstances just be encapsulated and be suppressed inside of our life? But when we take those moments to, to just break out in faith and break out and call on God, he's going to appear. He's going to speak. Many times when we take those times to do that, you may not hear God hear speak in a moment, but it, it doesn't take long after where, boom, as you're just moving through your life, God begins to show up and answer because you took time to break through with him.